What I always say is like, trust yourself. You know more than you think you do. We have this voice in us that when we listen to it, it leads us to all the right things for us. If something is telling you deeply to do something, go with this business, make this decision, go with it. Trust yourself. Do not second guess yourself. That's what's led me to all of my ideas. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast where we find dope people that did dope stuff. And today is no different. And you might, I'm I'm excited about getting in this conversation because <laughs> I just know I'm glad I got the I'm glad I got this conversation earlier, early before you become like the black woman Zuckerberg. You know what I mean? Because I see that. Because <laughs> ain't nobody doing it like you. I mean, I'm different. You know, everybody yeah, has their yeah, own different. lane. You know, I have, a, I have my own lane for sure. I'm an outlier for sure. I'm so excited. You, you like, when I look at what you're doing, it really makes me reflect on how um, how not progressive I am. Because <laughs> I'll talk, no, no, so I'll start a business and then I just want to make some money. Like I have, like I'm building a podcasting studio. That's cool. Or, you know, I'll start a t-shirt brand and we have this space. And that's cool. So. But like you're on like some some whole nother technological stuff. You're you're um what's it, the vending machines you could tell how many people walk by and all kind yes, of weird. using face recognition, really doubling down on technology, which is what is really called scale. So we're building all these amazing companies, all of us is popping, you know, 2020, 2021. But what about 2030? What about scale? What about replicating it and automating it using technology where you really don't have to do much. That's where we need to be at right now. Yeah, that's bigger. my problem. That's my problem. I don't see that far. I'm hoping by the end of this episode, I see a little yes. further. So <laughs> we got Dawn Dixon. Hold on. I'm going to say your new last name. Yes. Dawn Dixon Apanoji. Apagane. Apagane. But you know, it's spelled like that. So phonetically, you, you're you right, but it's Apagane. Apagane. Dawn Dixon Apagane. Dope name. All right. So Dawn, yes. I know about you and... Years ago, I don't even know if you remember. We of did course, I remember. Yes, I'm gonna find that footage where she was talking spicy. I used to do events. This had to be. <laughs> this had to be like nine spicy. years ago, and she came. Like we used to do this. Like we'd have like a little. Um, it was like a little restaurant that my not a little restaurant. It was a dope restaurant that club dope. that my homie Tawana owned, and um, yeah, we would do these entrepreneurial entrepreneur nights. meetups. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you Early. came and just. Oh, thanks. You came and killed it. So, Dawn, how do you introduce yourself when people ask you? You know, I say I'm an inventor, serial entrepreneur, investor. Um, but then I'll go into that. You know, I've started five businesses in the past now 20 years, four still in business. 20 years. 20 years. I've been an entrepreneur 20 years this year. Tell yes, me about that one time. that didn't work out. What's that? You know what? They all worked out. They all worked out. Even my side hustles always worked out. So There's a formula. Five. I've ever... I have a formula that I that I do, but now, like I said, it's about scale now. I've created a lot of businesses, made a lot of money, but what about billions? Is that what you're seeing right now? Yeah. Okay, take me back, take me back, take me back 20 years ago when you first started your first business. What was yeah. it? It was called The Urban Star. So I went to school for tech. A lot of people don't know that. I went really? to school for tech in 2000. So I'm like a, a OG. I definitely consider myself an OG. 
Um, and it was very early. I just wanted to understand the World Wide Web. I sound old even saying that. <laughs> but I wanted to understand the World Wide Web. Like, right. what is this? How is this about to affect my career? I was in college and undergrad. And so I went to school for tech and I learned how to code. I learned how to, you know, network computers. I learned how to build games. I learned how to assemble computers, put them back together, fix them, mm. all kinds of things. Like, it was overall IT program. But when learning how to code and build websites and use, again, I'm about to sound so old, <laughs> Fireworks, Flash, Dreamweaver, Freehand, these tools of the macro media suite, which was okay. next level right, right. at the time, <laughs> being able to build websites using this technology, that was like super ahead of our time, especially oh, black sure. people. There was no black people in my classes ever. It's just it, really just Indian men and, and white men. What did you go really. to school for? What did you want to be, though? Did you want to be this inventor or uh, I wanted to be an MTV VJ. Okay. I wanted to be <laughs> okay. like Lala. <laughs> you right. know, that's what I thought. So I went to school for broadcast journalism. Mm. But when I was at my, you know, in my major, I had to go get a job in my major and I worked at the news station. Mm. And at that time is when they had me doing um, FTPing. The news this is the first What's station. What's so it's it's a it's a transfer protocol to upload something mm -hmm. from a, a drive a drive like a computer to the internet to the World Wide Web. This gotcha. is in the '98, and so World they gave Wide me this Web. job because nobody heard. wanted to do it. Right? right. I, I sound heard so hella old, y'all. But Web. you know, I'm keeping it together. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, all right, I don't want to do this. I want to be the newsroom. But they're like, okay, you're the college student. Like, just do what nobody else wants to do, which was technology. And so as I'm in school to be a broadcaster, I'm learning technology by because they're making me. Then I get interested because I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the only person here with this skill set. Mm. This is the only news station in Ohio that was putting news online. And it was after the broadcast. So after the broadcast is the reels, have to sit there, download the tape. FTP it up to the server, and then it, there's no live streaming. That wow. doesn't exist. So that's what got me into tech, just be, wanting to be competitive in the job. Because I'm like, okay, I want to be like Lala. I at least need to get into MTV. If I know tech, I'll be in the room. Door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get in the room. I didn't think I was going to be an entrepreneur at all. Mm. So me just trying to get in the room using technology, it did work. I got a, a couple job offers. I mm. decided to get away from media because... Media jobs were offering me twenty thousand. Sure. But me with my new tech skills, they were offering me forty five thousand to start. I'm twenty one mm. years old. This is two thousand. And you was he, up forty five thousand. You lit twenty one. First out of college, you know, doing business development, doing tech. Mm. So then I'm like, oh shit, tech pays. Yeah. That's speaking my language. I can get a BMW now. <laughs> I can get these bags. You right? know, I was twenty one, mm -hmm. and that's that led me down my path. But I got this job, making this money. And that's when I got my first business idea that you asked me about. Okay. It's called The Urban Star. It, and this was another transition time that people were starting to use the internet. Mm -hmm. They were getting emails. AOL was sending out CDs to everyone. Right. To I get remember instant that. messenger. Yeah, yeah, Again, yeah. making me sound hello. I remember that. They used to come in with the little hello. man running on the joint for free. Yeah. Yes. And so people were starting to use email mm -hmm. and, and messenger. But... Still, as a young person at the time, if you want to find out what's going on, you still have to get a flyer in your hand. Mm -hmm. This is the time of the flyers. A flyer mm -hmm. in your hand. There was no text messaging. That did not exist. Gotcha. There was no social media. That did not exist. Mm -hmm. You had to get a flyer in your hand, word of mouth, or sometimes if you have money, you could put it in the newspaper and it come out every Friday. Right. So I was like, oh, I can build a site and put all of this information from all these flyers on the website and charge them to do this. 
And I can collect all these new email addresses that everybody got, you know, sweet sugar at AOL.com. <laughs> right, and right. I'm going to monetize these emails right quick. Sure. Like, because I knew tech. Mm-hmm. I understood it. And nobody else really understood it. So my friend and I built a website and we started, you know, posting events and it blew up. So your friend up. was in tech as well? He was in tech as well. He was a graphic designer and he was an illustrator. And now he's a professor gotcha. in design today. Gotcha. But he was an early, he taught himself, self-taught. There was, like, if you want to build a website, you have to build that with code. I had to hard code. Right, there was no right. Wix or all right. of this amazing no drag things. drag and drops. No, no, no. You're going to hard code that. You're going to HTML, Java. You're going to do all of that. So we did that. And the fact that we had that skill, we built it ourselves. We Mm -hmm. built, which we were ahead of our time. And I didn't know because I was young in Columbus, Ohio. But Brandon, my partner, built a streaming player before YouTube. I remember YouTube came out. He was like, you got to check out this thing called YouTube. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy, you know. But we had a video player on our site before YouTube came out. We had streaming music before it came out. But we were just like young tech people that didn't have any guidance and no mentors. And we were in Ohio. Right. What was the business, though? What it was... was The business was event site. And we okay. charged for advertising. Very early days of advertising. So we posted events. We posted the events we wanted. If you wanted to pay for a feature or an ad, we made a lot of money from online right. ads before algorithms. Mm. And we made a lot of money from email marketing. A lot. Before spam. Wow. It was before these things, you know. So we just really were able to monetize simple advertisements online and emails. In How long did 2000, you? So 2005 was when I stopped. 2005. Why did you stop? Because that's a strong four or five year run. It was. And we were having over 100,000 hits locally. Um, visits a month. Very. Mm. We had a whole community. We had our own events, membership. Right. It was just way ahead of its time. I stopped because... It sent my career in a different place. Like now I became, we became a media outlet mm-hmm. and we were getting big partnerships in the city, all of the big restaurants, nightclubs, Based places on that where name, partners. It seems like the that's urban the goal. Star. Mm-hmm. Yes. Seems like that was the goal. Yes. But then I became me, I became more in demand as my, what my talent and skill set was, which was marketing, building businesses, doing events. And a lot of people wanted to hire me. So I started my company, D1 Consulting Group, which is still in business today, 15 years ago. To then do side consulting work for people who wanted me to basically do what I did for my own business for Mm -hmm. them. Keep in mind, nobody, people didn't have websites back then. They didn't have digital marketing strategies. And they wanted that. Just to tell you a super how OG, I had to send out my weekly newsletter by BCCing and AOL. It took me six hours every Friday because you get locked out. And I had like 12,000 people. Every email address that I got, I got it by hand. And then I had to type it into a Word document Mm. and then copy and paste it separate. And if one thing was off, I had to start all over again. Six hours every Friday to send 12,000 emails. Can you imagine? I'm sure your email list is huge. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness. There was no email management tool that existed. Topica was the first one. It was before all of these. So... It was just so early, but I was so I was monetizing this. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm about to, you're gonna pay me for these 100%. for these emails. But then I became into me and they wanted that. And so me, I lost interest in my own business. And mm. then I became self-aware. Like you have to know when you start something, how long do you wanna do this for your life? Cause I'm 26 at this point with a successful business that I'm tired of doing. That's wisdom though, because most people have never heard what you just said. Yeah, like, like I'm tired yo, of doing how this. How long are you gonna do this? Because yeah. you think you have the idea, you're excited. Yeah. This is going to be my legacy play. It's not typically like that. I wanted to do bigger things. I had bigger opportunities because of who I had become and my skill sets. And my partner was like, 
riding. He was like, I want to do this. So we were 50-50, which I also learned never to be 50-50. But I'm like, I don't want to do this no more. And I walked away from my own business that was making me money and paying for... I was living nice. What was that negotiation like? I mean... Terrible 26-year-old negotiation. Nothing like, well, (laughs) um, let's sell it. Okay. Well, and then my friend Dante Lee, who owns BlackNews.com, Black PR, all this Mm. now, he's like, I'll buy it from you guys. You know, he's building BlackNews.com, which is BlackNews.com today. And I'm like, okay, what's this worth? I never heard of valuations in my life. I didn't know how to price this. Brandon sent me an email. I saved it to this day because I go back and laugh at it. Really? I saved it. He's like, this is what the business is worth. He's like, yo, this is what the business is worth. We got, you know, 12,000 emails, they 10 cents. And then he was gonna he was gonna sell the business for like twenty thousand dollars. Really, this legit business was worth like an M. Wow. Like literally in real life, if we understood valuations mm. in tech. So he's like, I wanna sell it for twenty thousand. And I'm like, that don't sit right with me. I don't understand <laughs> none of this, but don't, we didn't work too hard. We've been working for five years, twenty thousand mm. dollars. So so he didn't wanna um budge. And I'm like, no. So we just I walked away. He he did it by himself for like a year, and then he just kind of like shut it down. Very sad. Mm. He's like, "You're my Jimmy Iovine. I'm Dr. Dre. <laughs> I need you back." Wow. But I have moved on to D1 Consulting, and it mm. took me. That's we met when in my D1 Consulting flat out time. That's really? when you and I met. Okay, so so you had just got done, obviously working with the business, and you're consulting, consulting. and you're just helping other businesses kind of understand this tech digital space, digital marketing, tech, leveraging emails. Like leveraging the internet, the World Wide Web that they called it. Let me ask you, what is going on right now that's equivalent to where you were in terms of what is it that people that's new that people can't really figure out? Blockchain technology and real world use cases of blockchain technology. The blockchain is the internet to me in my mind. I've seen it. It's the same. Like the adoption, except for the, the blockchain internet is just was crypto, ain't the it? internet. You know it's not. Oh, I love how you do this. No, 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 no. So the only thing I associate blockchain with is cryptocurrency because I know when you sell something on the blockchain, the money follows some other money and it's like a ledger. I learned that last episode. Yes, it is. It is a ledger, um, but it's a network and it's a tool that you can build things on the same way that the World Wide Web is a network with many branches. And the protocols of HTTP dot dot four forward slash ww dot mm-hmm. these are calling to this place in the network. Same thing as the blockchain. But see people are building currency. Bitcoin is a That's currency how built only on the blockchain. And it's a very secure currency, which is why people are big fans of it. And it's been going on a long time. And I heard about Bitcoin a long time ago. My friends are buying it, but they were doing bad things with it. And I, di- I didn't trust it. So I missed out on the like Bitcoin's $2 wave. They were selling drugs on the Silk Road, on the, on, the, on the dark web, on the Silk Road, which is now shut down. But it was a whole underground web where you could buy anything you can imagine, including human beings. <laughs> and they were buying drugs. But again, my whole tech life is very vast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so when I, they were like... You want to get on this because we're flipping this? I said, no, I'm a, I am have a child. I'm not trying to go to jail. And no, I don't want no Bitcoin. Right, right, right. Actually, don't give me no Bitcoin, right, please. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not strange. trying it to go like to prison. Drug, don't it? I don't want no Bitcoin. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. What is this? No, no. I'm like, how are you buying this? Bitcoin? What is that? We just pay. I upload my money. They give me Bitcoin. Then I trade the drugs. No. Mm-mm. If somebody would have said, hey, it's a digital currency built on this 
ledger and it's very secure. Like, they didn't even understand what they was doing with Bitcoin. Right. All these people that are like Bitcoin whales right now, a lot of them were shady people, a lot of them, in the early really? days, they were doing stuff and they didn't realize that what it was going to be. They were using it to just conduct other kinds of business. Now, not every single person, but I would say a lot of them in the wow. early days of Bitcoin because you couldn't trace the source of this. So a lot of you know, trafficking and things were happening on the dark web, which was called the Silk Road. And you had to, it's a, you know, there's a web behind the web. You had to get in behind that, which only like t really tech people really know how Who to do. Who built the blockchain? Who built it and why did so, they build it? What I don't know it? the answer. I wish I did. I, I don't know the answer of who built the blockchain. That My understanding like, is like engineers it. came together, multiple engineers, like who built the web, who built the World Wide Web? Like we don't know. But engineers collectively came together and started to build these chains. And it was a, it started small. That's why. Like, and then it just more chains, more information, more information, more information. Then you can fork off. OK, this is a branch of this information. And it just spread. And now it's, it's, it belongs to the world. But there's so mm. many amazing use cases. So what people, I am a, a very active crypto investor. However, I invest in businesses and projects that I believe in and I understand. I'm not a trader. Now, I'd make a couple gambles. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. A little couple You're gambles. Some little doge, some little Shiba. I don't know what the hell that stuff is, but if I can get it to one cent, whatever, right. you know, a dollar. But those are gambles. But I invest in businesses that I've been following since like 2017 when I did my own crypto offering. I did a secure token offering, my own self. I was the first female to do that and raise over a million dollars. And I did a token offering in 2019. So when I was doing my token offering, a lot of other companies I'm meeting, they're also raising, they're also raising money because we're in this community of people raising money from crypto investors. Mm -hmm. Now you have these people raising money from a community of venture capital investors, mm -hmm. people raising money and leveraging credit in banks and business, and you have people that are focused solely on crypto investors. That's a whole nother community of people. Mm -hmm. So I was in that community and I was meeting founders with amazing projects and businesses that you're, they're using the blockchain to drive their business. It's the foundation that their business is built on and they're raising money. And so I've in, been investing in those. So I encourage people to look into like the businesses the same way you're looking at the stock market. Like there's real good businesses, but okay. the gambling I, I, is the scary part. You oh, know? for sure. I, I, I still, I still need help on this okay, whole blockchain sorry. thing because blockchain. you're saying blockchain is the future. It's something that people don't understand, yes. but it will be a way of life. Kind of like yes. the internet. How does your regular person take advantage of that? Cause I still don't understand. It. Okay. How can a regular person take advantage of it in a business? I mean, I'm gonna give a couple use cases. Okay. I'll start with storing information. So this is how businesses, especially big businesses, this is like an enterprise, even enterprise level, which a lot of enterprise businesses, big companies that we all know, they're using it to store information on this. They're using the blockchain. The blockchain to store, to store okay. data. We have a hard drive. Mm -hmm. We have a jump drive. Mm -hmm. We plug it in. That jump drive has the information we put on it. We could put it in our pocket, carry it in our bag, stick it back in, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of storing on a jump drive, they're storing it on this digital blockchain. So gotcha. it's all digital. It's hard for us to see something we can't touch. Mm -hmm. But it's like the cloud. When we go to the cloud and upload things, it's the same thing. We right. don't see the cloud. Right, 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 right. Same thing as the blockchain. They're just chains of information. So the way you can use it is to store, to store information. Mm -hmm. The way that Popcom uses it, my technology company, we use it two ways. We use it for identity management for our customers. We make retail software. Okay. When customers want to purchase an item in a retail environment that's regulated, like a cannabis, an alcohol, a tobacco, a pharmaceutical, get a prescription, you need to verify that either you're that person or you're of age. Gotcha. 
you can use blockchain to store your personal data and only access it through a QR code. That way, companies can never get access to your data. Oh. It's stored securely on a blockchain that only a certain long, super long address, all numbers and letters, that a QR code represents when you give them access. That means if you want to go buy some cannabis, but you're like, I don't want nobody to ever know I'm smoking this weed. <laughs> I don't want nobody to find out. Right. You scan it. They don't know who you are, your name. They know this QR code is verified because you self-verified mm. on your device. This is a verified person that can purchase this product. Gotcha. It don't never know your name or anything. And all that transaction data is stored securely on the blockchain and identity management. That's one of my favorite use cases because we get so many data breaches in our lives and our data and identity stolen so often that if we can, and then leverage from ads and being mm. exploited, if we can just only give access to our personal data and our personal behaviors when we give them access, we have the power. We own our data. We monetize our data. We control everything about us. That's why I think blockchain mm. is extremely valuable, and that's why we adopted it. We also use it to raise money. What we did was tokenize our cap table. So cap table is a list of all the shares in your company that exist. Okay. Capitalization table, 100%. That's market cap. No, not market thing? cap. No, market cap is like the do a dollar value. Cap table is literally just the list of everybody who owns shares mm -hmm. and what part, what shares they own okay, and gotcha. when they earn those shares. So we take that and it's typically a piece of paper or a software mm -hmm. that you put your cap table in or right. Excel spreadsheet, but you can tokenize it and make it digital to where now I can't just remove your name off the spreadsheet mm -hmm. and say, well, yeah, you invested, but I don't, it's not on the paper. Right, 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 right. You can't prove it. That's your receipt? Right. No. <laughs> now it's like, oh, yeah, I have digital shares. I have digital proof and verification. Hence what an NFT is. That is a, a digital verification that you are the owner of something. So we gotcha. did that for our company. We tokenized it so that they have a token to represent ownership. Now, the reason why we haven't issued mm. them yet is because the only way a token is valuable in an equity sense is if it can be traded, if it can, you have can get liquidity. So if you can't take that token and do nothing with it, it don't ma it doesn't it, it matter. Is, it's based on the value of what people say it's valued at. Sort of? Well, if it's a token in a business and the business is 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 valued based on their in the stock market sense, their annual reports, their revenues, that is how it should be done in a crypto environment, in a, in a token environment. As we see with the charts. It is not because it can be manipulated by news. people easily mm -hmm. in news, which is why I also backed away from putting my company in such a volatile environment because I didn't put, put my investors at risk of losing the liquidity that they could be earning right. until there's a more stable environment. Because somebody, some, some, somebody that's popular says something negative, that it's affects too, the business. Yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with the level of influence that Elon Musk has that's on crazy, the market in general. It's very strange. That's all I can, it's very, it's very strange. It's strange times <laughs> that we're seeing. But that's why it's so important to diversify as well. Like It seems very scary. And in, in, in all honesty, so I was thinking, like, I, I'm really on, I like this whole crypto thing. It's fun, right? Yeah. But the fact that one person can say something and that affects my portfolio, whether, the per, whether what that person says is true or not, and if this is the way of the world, what prevents what prevents that from happening? They're working to have more get it more stable stable coins and things that are more consistent and backed against things. But then that's where 
then is it truly decentralized at that point? Like, you know, it's so many, it's early and everyone should get in on crypto, everybody. But don't bet the house on it. Mm-hmm. You know, just go slowly. I literally invest automatically just $200 a week in a couple of things. Like, okay, really? here. Yeah, it goes up and down. It's a long hold for me. But again, I invest in things I believe in. I believe in Ethereum very much mm-hmm. because there's so, everything CEO, is built you on it. Said, though? I did not. He said something like, he knew the crash was coming because it shows that the technology isn't there or something like that, which is crazy because you're the owner of the company and it seems like it was something negative, no? I mean, I think it's all just, it's new. You asked me what it reminded me of. Yeah. You, this all started when you said, what does 100%. the internet, and it is, it is blockchain technology. Right. You said, what is it? How can we use it? We're all figuring it out. We don't know. Did you know we can leverage... Do you know when the internet came out, there was no streaming. Right. There's no video. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know what you can do with it until people start playing around with it and using it. But right now, it's a great way to store information, transfer information, keep things secure, build mm-hmm. other networks on it, and just learn about it. Like, I don't know everything. It's growing and learn. It's growing all the time. But I do make sure that I'm always on top of new technology. And I mm-hmm. believe that over my 20-year career, that's what's given me the advantages of staying on top of new technology. I was doing face recognition in 2013 when people were like, oh my God, no, that's scary. And I had to wait four years for the market to be ready to even raise money. I started my company wow. in 2013, talking about facial recognition in 2014. But they were like, no, people people wouldn't accept facial recognition. We were terrified of that. That's 1984 book. That's, that's scary to us. That's Big yeah, Brother. But then crazy. here comes Snapchat and Instagram to mm-hmm. normalize face recognition because now you got dog ears on your face. Right, 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 right. That's face recognition. And then the iPhone. You now you've so you got a whole nother makeup face. <laughs> and now you made my business easy because right. now, now face recognition is acceptable. And now with the phone. I yeah. remember this was maybe four year, four or five years ago. It was a company. They'll, they'll, pay, they'll call you and say, hey, we got this uh, field work study thing going on and we want you to come in. So I come in. And they were giving me $200. It was the coolest <laughs> thing. I thought I had stole some. It was like $200 for 40 minutes. And they had this t- these tables. And you pick up a phone and you put your face on it and you put it down. Pick up a phone. And it, and then like months later, the, the iPhone did it. Yeah. I was like, wow. And it's still terrible. You know, it has a long way to go, which is why I don't use it for ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many biases in that. Mm-hmm. But again, it's starting to be normalized. Just... This is 2021. Five years ago, they were like, no, this is not going to work. And I had to wait. Goodness gracious. I just got more excited about crypto because I remember even when the internet was, there was older people saying, I don't trust no internet. They go oh, take they're care on of it. Oh, they own it. Yeah. Yeah. My dad had a flip phone until last year. He had to c- come to the other side, bro. He had to get a smartphone. <laughs> now they have to. You got to get a smartphone now. Like, they're, have, they're going to have to adopt it. They're going to have to use it. Online banking. Yes, everybody has to use this. But then we also got to think about this. And I'll tell my husband this. We talk about this. We're so, like, into technology, into things. Mm-hmm. We're such a small fraction of people on this earth with access to mm-hmm. this technology or yeah. access to all that we can, that we have. So it's still such a small penetration globally. Right. So even when you, even if you get in when you think it's late, it's still early because the global penetration of technology is, it, this stuff we're doing is, we're really, really ahead of it. It doesn't feel like it because on our Instagram timeline, everybody been doing right, it. Right, 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 right. But, like, globally, we're really, really in the, under 1%, you know? Mm. All right, so you do the consulting. So tell me about um, um, the rollout heels. Rollout heels. Flat, flat out, out heels. heels. Flat yes, out. men always get it messed up. I remember okay. you told me it was just, so, the only thing I could picture was like people coming out the club with their shoes in their hand and not happen to be yes. 
nasty with, with the feet on the ground. Yeah. Yes. So what gave you that idea? That I used to definitely be a very active person in clubs <laughs> around the country. It was amazing. But also my career in D1, I did events. So I mm-hmm. did a lot of events in Atlanta. And I would see women walking out of the club mm-hmm. and my own self. I would, my feet would hurt, but I would not walk barefoot. That yeah, right. wasn't going to happen. But I would have like flip-flops or sneakers. Like it just didn't go. Or you see the women who are wearing business suits, but then sneakers. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just didn't go. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, at this time, I've been an entrepreneur 10 years and I wanted a new challenge. And you were I just doing consulting for that. I was doing consulting yeah. with a lot of, you know, companies, events, brands, just a lot of consulting. But I wanted something different. And I was getting just, again, I see my time span is five years and I'm ready to move on. I've, I've learned this really? about myself. Yeah. So I know my end game in the beginning now mm-hmm. at this point. But I was like, okay, I need a new idea. I need something new. I want my own thing. And the idea came to me. I was out in Miami and this was in 20... Well, 2000, this is 2021, 2011. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, why isn't there a vending machine where women could buy shoes when their feet hurt when they're out? Because I'm out right now right. and I don't even have a backup here. And I did a survey on Facebook and uh, 200 women replied. And I was asking good. questions. Would you buy, would you carry shoes with you? Would you buy them? What's the price point? Do your mm-hmm. feet hurt? All these questions just to make sure it was an actual business that people would. And overwhelmingly, Yes. I went on Alibaba.com very early days, Alibaba. Really? Very early days. Found some suppliers, contacted people in China, took a chance, very green, didn't know what I was doing. Got some samples sent, um, ordered 500 pairs and started selling them on Facebook. Mm. And uh, got a website and people started buying them. I was like, okay, we're on to something because I made my money back. Right, right, right. And then I really took it seriously and went into development. But then I developed the shoe, which is like amazing. I still, 10 years later, I still... Mm. Hard bottoms, rollable, foldable. But the vending machine, the distribution channel was ha- what, like, shook up the game in general of, like, shoes, of even technology was using vending machines as a distribution channel for mm. things other than food and beverage. Right, right, right. And that so was it. So how many, how many, because I think at that time, you had got your first one or something when I met you. Yeah. How many vending machines did you have? So when I have flat out, I put my first vending machine in the Atlanta airport. Mm-hmm. In 2013. Yes, that was around the time I met you up. Atlanta Airport, which was mm-hmm. hindsight. I didn't know how hard it was to get in the airport. I got in very easily. It was, I can't believe it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, right. how did you do that? Because I still can't do it again. Are you still in there? No, I had to come out because technology, the the signal. So I was one of the first vending machines to accept credit cards. Period. Really? Like, in vending machine land. Like, there was only probably less than 5% of vending machines what? accepted credit cards. Yeah. And so, how'd you come across that? Did you think that up or like? I knew it, saw... it happened. I, and then I seen people were starting to come to market with it. It was yeah. coming. It was gotcha. coming. That's what I said. My gift is being in the front of things, but I'm an early adopter. And you know, when you're first, you suffer through the pain, sure. and then other people get super paid after you. Mm-hmm. That's my path. I'm fine with it because I'm still straight. I need but to like, know what you were doing like a year ago. I see people get super ago. paid after me doing it, and I'm like, <laughs> I just brought this out. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, Let me know what you was doing like a year or two ago because I'm gonna do it now. It's got to be ready by now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so well, why did I had take to it take out it out. So in order to process a credit card, you have to be attached to a signal. So mm-hmm. so it wasn't hardwired into the in- internet from mm-hmm. a wire. It was wireless signal through credit card processing through a cell phone tower. Right. So we tried Verizon. We tried a, a AT&T. One of them are not even business anymore that we tried um, Sprint. And the signal it was not strong enough to connect to the credit card reader. So I couldn't sell product because my machine was always down because there was no, it was like 2G, period. Right, right, right. We're right. in like 5G. This was like 
2G is the maximum (laughs) that you're getting. And you're in an airport that's old and that's concrete. And so they were like, you know, we can't have a machine that's out of order. So this is after about two years, though. The Mm. problem started happening. It was, they were happening. But it got where I made, I definitely made money and I learned a lot. Mm. But also learned that I didn't know anything because I wasn't able to collect customer data or send out customer receipts. Mm. Now you're in the business of marketing. What if you couldn't send a single email to anybody about Crazy. nothing? Thanks for coming. Thanks right. for buying. Follow me here. That's your line Subscribe. On new yeah. No data whatsoever. So I know I sold thousands of dollars of shoes. Period. I don't know who they are. I don't have their email <laughs> address. I all I know is at the end of the day, my daily total because the right. software that existed for vending machines was very bad. It was mm. an industry that people were not excited about building technology for. Nobody was like, oh, let me go build some amazing software. Why not just do a cash joint like everybody else at that time? I mean, cash, when you're selling $20 products, cash, it's a lot of issues with cash. And plus, I'm a tech person. Why would I use cash? I started a restaurant that didn't even have people, you know, taking orders, all kiosks. You started a restaurant? Couple years ago, already exited I that. Got so many questions. All right, <laughs> know, keep going, keep going. We're, we're on flat out here. Reminds about the guest. Let's I know, go. Let's this go. show don't last long enough. I'm trying to <laughs> listen. I'm still getting started. I feel like I'm just getting started. I'm gonna tell you. Oh my you. gosh! So flat out, the machine had to come out, but I had it in Club Live in Miami. Mm-hmm. Very, very good Bayside Marketplace. But the problem that I experienced was no data and connectivity and technology challenges. Because again, you're not selling a soda. Mm-hmm. Put a dollar in, soda falls yeah. out. I'm selling twenty dollars shoes and more. You know what I mean? So that's when I started Popcom to build software to solve my problem. Yo, you are like a true, true techie because in my entrepreneurial brain, I see, oh, people are buying it, but the credit card is a problem. We'll go cash and I'll just make the <laughs> money. But as a... But I need the email address. You need... I need to remarket, retarget, subscribe. See, that's why, I don't see that's why I don't see far enough because yeah. I'm thinking the the... The airport will always be full. Yeah. Which means I'll always make money. But the tech But I want to sell another product. Because yeah. remember, they're in the airport one time. They're buying a product. They walk away. I got 10 more products online I want to sell you. I need to email you about those products. I need to get on your social media and like comment. Like, hey, check out our products. I can't do that. Repeat customers is big. I understand. But a business that makes you money... Because you can't I wanted to make the- more. I wanted to have higher conversion rates. I wanted to understand my business. I'm a data-driven entrepreneur. That's mm. why I, I talk about scale. That's why I respect you as a true techie. It's that Because I'll do something techie, but if it if, <laughs> forget the tech, I'll just make the money. That's, that's dang. That's and you know what? I struggle with that because I'm going to be honest. This is a real, real, raw, raw, honest moment. I'll be looking at y'all on Instagram because, you know, we do it. We, it happens to me. I mm. see it. I'll see y'all on Instagram and I'm like, man, I can, I can make cash so fast, but my stuff is so embedded in long things, Mm -hmm. but I get tempted. Like, let me just go get this cash. Like, let me go to their (laughs) conference. Let me go get on this jet with them. But I'm like, you know what? There's different, there's different ways to do this. And like in my game, it's like literally building technologies and putting systems and putting things in place that are long games. And I definitely reap the payoffs. I get the rewards, but it's not that like rush feeling, you know mm. what I mean? Like I'm, it's so big it, and it continues to grow that I have to celebrate the small wins because it's so big mm-hmm. that like, what is the big win? What, I mean, even if it's getting it acquired, is that... Did anybody it, try to buy? Uh... It's been asked to be acquired, but not at a number that I was comfortable with at all. Not at a number. It was in the millions, but Can you share single me one, of the, one of the offers? It's not good. $4 million. That was not a good offer to me. I was like, 
No. I mean, first of all, I have intellectual property. I have a patent. Mm -hmm. I invented a vending machine. It's Nobody has it like this in the world. I invented it. I have a patent for it. And that itself is worth a lot of money. But I just have to validate it and show them. Gotcha. So that'll be done this year. So I'm like, no, my IP is worth more than that. I have a proprietary software operating system that we spent three years building. And it is phenomenal. Mm. People haven't been able to experience it yet because it's not out. Like I have this whole CRM system, dashboard, enterprise software, like all this stuff. That you built. That my team built. Not me. Oh, I'm the leader. Right, but right. my team built. That it's not, people are not playing with it yet because it's only out on two machines currently. Right. So, like, they they haven't experienced it yet, but it's it's there. Goodness gracious. Okay. I, I, I definitely want to get into, like, PopCom and this restaurant. All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it, and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together a Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships, okay? So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. The support is appreciated. Okay, thank you so much. Now back to the episode. Yeah. But I got to be selfish for a moment. I do a lot. So I have this uh, morning meetup and uh, every morning I'm on and I I love coaching entrepreneurs and I'd love to have you on there because people will be so inspired by you. Thank you so much. Where, what opportunities am I missing? Like, what can I, I want to be in this tech world. I don't even know where to begin, though. Yeah, definitely a lot of money's been left on the table investing in early stage tech companies in general. Um, mm. That's everybody. Okay, crypto, boom, get in that. Stock market, boom, get in that. Real estate, we hear all these things. Mm. But definitely investing in startups is, is, if you look at how the real wealth happens, is people getting into companies before they IPO. That is how these these large this large wealth is being created or inheritance, which many of us don't have. Right. But it's getting in early, and there's a lot of companies that are raising capital right now, including mine. I have to shout out my own company sure. raising money on startengine.com forward slash popcom. Okay, startengine.com forward slash popcom. Okay, but um, there's so many others as well, you know, and there's so many others raising money privately for accredited and non-accredited investors. I think a lot more of us Black people are accredited and we don't realize we're accredited because Mm -hmm. the criteria to be accredited, meaning you can invest in private equity companies. And these are the opportunities where it's not a gamble, but it is a risk. It's not a gamble. Private equity companies. So that's companies that are not on the stock exchange that are privately held. Gotcha. gotcha. That are not publicly held. Like Popcom. Like Popcom. Like Flatout. You know, like many companies that are out there that are raising capital to have investors that are private. It's not on the stock market. You can't go trade your shares. It's a 12-month holding period before you can sell shares that you get from private equity. So to hold them, they're to give cash infusions to businesses to help them grow. But that's what I am heavy on. But then I also had to diversify, so that's why I got into other things. But I think you're missing out on investing in early tech companies, especially ones that you can add value. You have a tremendous audience. You have sold, your network is amazing. If you invested in a couple of businesses and said, you know what? I'm going to put my resources, my money, and my network behind helping this business grow. I'm going to bring some of my friends to invest too. Mm -hmm. Look what you could do. 
Like, look what you can mm. do. Even I get ideas when I, again, I watch on Instagram. I love it. And Put I, your brain on something that I'm doing different. now. Something I, that's that what you're I doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was a, this was an example. You're in this group, but you know the group of your friends that get together, and you guys have jets and cars and things. And I was like, I love seeing them in jets and cars, but like, what if they gave their audience an opportunity to invest in their business, and we could own some jet? Like, instead of buying a jet, buy ten, raise money from the public, let the public invest in these ten, and have a company where you're everybody's making money off the jets. Everybody, okay, you got these luxury vehicles. How about letting your audience invests in a company where luxury vehicle rental, like just take it to the next level. I mean, use your audience to more than just teaching them something, but help them get wealthy with you. Mm. How can they get be involved? And that's where crowdfunding comes in. Gotcha. How can they be involved? How can you go to the next level? What do you need to do that? And how can your community help you who they want to help you yeah. and they want to make money. They, they love seeing our wins online, but my community loves me because they're going to win with me. They're going to eat with me. When mm. I cash out, they're cashing out. For sure. All right. So, so what? I, I feel like I need to create something outside of those something. are amazing, amazing jobs. But I'm talking about like, how can I? I guess I'm asking for some of your IP. You know what I mean? Like, like what? Like, I want, what are I want, you? What's your number one thing that you're focused on right now? My number one thing that I'm focused on thing. is my morning meetup community. Continuing to grow that and my podcast. So you're building. I'm media. building a podcast studio. So as it's well. media, media, yes. it's a media company. Yes. So you start a media company that produces podcasts, shows, a studio. There's the company. That company can then take investors that can create a studio in every city, major city in America. I mean, what's the big thing? Like, what, do I, what do I put? How do I put tech behind it? Okay, so let me tell you. So tech behind yes. it. And that's the thing people don't always realize. Tech's already behind it and everything. You're online right now where this is tech. You have a digital platform. I saw your YouTube, you know, milestone. Congratulations. That's Thank tech. Thank you. Tech's already in everything. You send out emails. Mm. Are you remarketing? Yeah. You're using tech. You're a highly tech-enabled business. Do you want to have... All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Have your own piece of tech? 
you could always build a platform, a marketplace, a find a way to communicate to, to really bring that together digitally. But don't you don't have to because the mm. equity is in the the overall business. Yeah. So you instead of going out and renting buildings for studios, you buy buildings. Yeah. That's a part of the equity of that company. It's not always about tech. It's not. It doesn't have to be about being a tech company. You can raise money. There's many business. Coca Cola not a tech company. Highly tech enabled company. Highly tech enabled company. So yes, I, I bought the building, and they're, they're actually like Bam. doing construction right now. So what if right your investors? What if you bought ten and you let your community invest in buying ten? That's so what pretty I'm much just having a vision and a plan to scale and bigger, people... big, bigger than ever. That's what I think. A studio in is. every country in the world. I like, think your gift is not like understanding tech, but just how big you yeah. think. That is what is was taken away from us as a people was stripped from us. That that is the number one thing. I coach hundreds of entrepreneurs. They don't think big enough. The black ones don't. They don't. I'll be like, how much money you want to raise? Oh, I just need about two hundred fifty thousand. No, you don't. You need two point five million to do this. Mm. What do you? What you gonna do with two fifty? I can scrap this around. I can get the hookup. I won't pay myself. I'll starve. I'll eat ramen noodles. You think them white dudes is eating ramen noodles <laughs> and talking about I'm gonna starve? No, they raising two point five million. Everybody's getting paid and they cashing out. They're going to take a hundred, couple hundred thousand to put in their account right off the rip. We don't think big enough. None of us. Mm. Because always it was like telling us we can't, we can't achieve. We're black. We're, we're brown skin. We're, whatever limitation they put on us, then we pass through that. Okay, now we can get credit cards. They didn't give us credit. Now we happy we got credit cards. Now we happy we got real estate. What about being the largest landowner? Like, who are the largest landowners? None of the, nobody black. Nobody. Who are you around that got you thinking this way? Because <laughs> you like you don't. I think if you're in a small city, you'd have like you might be in a small city, dream big, but yeah. like there's always like an environment typically. Like who? What are you seeing? I mean, a lot of people that are like me, but mm. I, I think it That's comes from yeah. There's a lot of a community, but for me, it comes from knowing my history. Started when I was very young, seventh grade, studying history, obsessed with history, Black history, African history. And when I realized very young that where I came from, who I am, and like my lineage and how, you know, up until 1375, Mansa Musa was the wealthiest person on this planet and still is the wealthiest man to ever exist on this planet. And he mm. was a king of Mali. And this was less than a thousand years ago. When I realized that, I'm like, oh, this is mine. I'm entitled to all of this shit. Mm. And I think big because that's how you get past everything that they put in front of us to make us feel like we can't go further than that. Yeah. All the news, like I talked about in another interview, like, they're like, what do you think about the statistics about black female founders? I don't believe that shit. That's something you tell me so that I'll stop raising money. If you tell me it's a 0% chance I'm going to raise money, why would I be fired up to do it? I don't believe you. Mm. I don't believe any of the statistics. So that's how I think like this. And then I find people like my husband and us two crazy thinking people together and we just, you know, find our masterminds. And we have to just push each other to think bigger. Like your friend, anyway, your friends, I did this. What's next though? What's, the, what's bigger? How can everybody make, come up with like, with, the, with you on this? How can we really create group economics to the point where we're funding all of these businesses, all of each other's businesses and everybody's funding everybody? How can we do that? How can we grow and take what you're doing and multiply it by 100? How can we do that? And then take... What they're doing and multiply. We can do that. We have the power to do that. And I think it just starts with at least that question mm -hmm. of how can I take it to another level? Yep. And what's needed? How much money? That's it. We don't think big enough. So, 
when you started raising money, you didn't you didn't raise money for Flat Out Hills. I did. I raised money from my friends in Atlanta. I raised mm. about two hundred fifty thousand to start. I raised money for my very first business for my dad, ten thousand dollars in two thousand and one. So you always like you'll just you'll just. I, I learned you're supposed to do that. I'm thinking you're supposed to just go get the money. That's what I. That's other my people's operation. money. I learned. Two people taught me this lesson. I learned from Magic Johnson. I was very fortunate to be a mentee of his many years ago. Really, and he told me he didn't spend any of his money on things. He goes out and you know opens these Fridays and these theaters and all of the things he was doing with other people's money. You know, it's leveraging it. Of course, you put skin in the game, but leveraging you know other I people's money. I don't understand that. Can you break this down to me? Because I think if I had the money, I'll just go do it, and then I don't have to answer any to anybody and. I don't owe anybody. You still don't have to answer. No, it depends. It's relative to what you're doing. So at at what scale? Because if you're building a, you know, let's say half a million, excuse me, $500 million business, you're not going to be able to fund it all yourself. Or even if you could, you don't want to liquidate your personal assets in that way. If it's something smaller, a couple, even a hundred thousand. Okay, do it yourself. Mm. But if you're talking about a big vision that requires an enterprise, a corporation, then leveraging other people's money is really the way to go, leveraging investments. Now, people seem to confuse answering to someone with getting investors. It's all about how you structure your operating agreement and your share classes to understand who has the control. Control is always dictated in the operating agreements and in the share classes. So if they don't have voting control of your shares, they can say whatever they want. They can't. They have no power. When entrepreneurs lose control is when they give investors or other people voting power, board seats, and rights to control and outvote them, and they lose control. That's the same reason why Mark Zuckerberg is, you know, he's never going to get fired from Facebook. He's never going to go because his shares have have so much weight that they can't fire him. Are the shares and voting control the same thing? So the shares are like what you own. Like, Mm -hmm. say we have a company, it's 10 shares. I own five, you own five. That's Mm -hmm. shares. But say your five have the voting, 100% voting rights. So even though we're 50-50 owners— you still control the company. Got it. Because you Got have it. the power in the votes. And there's something called super voting rights where it could be as the founder, you say, okay, I'll let other people vote, but my one vote is worth five of yours. Mm. So you can all vote against me and I'm still going to have, I'm still going to be the, the winner. And that is how smart founders set up their businesses. Did you have any issues where like you did it wrong and you had a Absolutely did it wrong. So give me a story. Give me a story. I, I, I Listen, founder fuck-ups all day. That's why I'm an OG. Version, give me the edited version. <laughs> sorry. Okay. So, oh, sorry. Founder, founder mistakes. Right. <laughs> Lots of founder mistakes. But no, when I was in Texas, I would say founder F-ups. And right. it was be on Wednesday. So Give me one but you remember and it the, hurt. The, the one that hurt, I think that stings, is when I really wanted my first investment money for Popcom. This is 2017. And just getting out there, just excited. People are interested. Just... I didn't know anything yet. I was very green as far as the venture capital game, understanding these term sheets, and this is 2016. And so I like, I got to get money. So people are saying, oh, yeah, you know, we can be in our accelerator program. I'm so happy to get an offer that I just basically sign the offer that I get. Like, okay, you're going to give me $35,000 and I can build this out? Okay, 8%. I didn't understand. And even the fact that, like, 8% is so high mm. for $30,000, but the fact that these shares could not— Who gave not, you that? Who gave you that? An accelerator program, $30,000 for 8%, and 
What is an accelerator program? So it's a program that they invest in you to help accelerate your business. There's mm-hmm. two types of programs, incubator and accelerator. An incubator right. kind of houses you, grows you like, you know, incubator, but mm-hmm. they don't give you money. Accelerator gives you money, tools, mentors to accelerate. And then hopefully mm-hmm. by then you can raise a bigger round or get to the market. Gotcha. So that was, I wanted that money. I needed that money. I needed that money. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have my abundance mentality that I have today. There is no scarcity. You don't need anything. Everything's already yours. I didn't have that fully. So I was real thirsty for the money (laughs) and didn't read it completely. Didn't understand the legal, you know, legalese that gets blended in that a lot of us don't understand. Mm -hmm. And essentially they have shares of my company that can't be diluted, meaning they're always going to have a large share. Their 30,000 is now worth millions. You know what I mean? That's Sharky, really? that's like Shark Tank, real Shark Tank. So if you're a good investor, you can come up. I mean, they're coming up. Wow. I'm not mad at them because they're a, investors are always out for their best interest. It's up to us to understand our term sheets, get our own lawyers, have our own education. You can't be mad at somebody if they get over on you and they gave yeah, you the paperwork and I signed it. But they're going to eat. Jeez. I mean, they're going to eat good. Goodness you know? gracious. But, but at the same time, they took a big risk by giving me money when no one else had yeah. given me money. And that is the argument for early stage venture deals when they'll say, well, we're making the big risk. You don't have nothing. Mm-hmm. Our money is going to give you the next level. But at the same time, I feel like you should be able to cap it mm-hmm. in a way. So that's where that control comes can't in. can't be diluted, meaning if you bring on extra They still hold their position and they get more shares. They still hold their position. It can't get diluted down. I got diluted down. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to own 100%. Then it just goes down from there. Well, thank you for going through it and actually sharing the testimony because, like, we wouldn't even be thinking of of that. It's important to read every line and have your own lawyer at all times. Yeah. But it's also important to know it's good to take money from investors, but you have to understand how your company is set up to who retains the control. That's you were the in the control, though. I have the control now, yes. Gotcha. And I was able to, thank goodness, get a really good attorney to help me renegotiate things and reclaim oh, my company. I mean, I could have lost my company. It's, I could have lost my company, um, definitely, from investors that were holding my cap table. Goodness gracious. All right, so tell me about PopCop. PopCop. Yes. Um, why did you build it, and what does it do? As I said, I built it to solve my problem with flat out. Mm-hmm. I was selling shoes and vending machines. Wanted to know customer data. Wanted customer email address. Wanted to send a receipt. Mm-hmm. Wanted to be able to... Engage, customer right. relationship management. I looked around for about a year and a half, two years for a software solution. I didn't plan on building my own at first. Mm. I understand technology, but we all know building it from scratch is hard. Didn't exist. I saw opportunities to change the industry. Literally, I see this as what Steve Jobs and iPhone did for phones. Mm. The technology that we're building for, that we've wow. built for vending machines and kiosks. So the technology didn't exist. I didn't see it out there. Went out there, raised money, built a team, and we essentially have built software that makes vending machines and kiosks smarter using face recognition. We do leverage blockchain technology for identity management, mm-hmm. and then also machine learning. So as it collects information about people that walk by, anonymous, so we don't take faces. It'll just say you're a male right. adult. It won't say who you are. But we'll know. Male adults are here, female this age, seniors. We'll collect this data. We'll be able to help retailers to deliver targeted advertising, product messages, Essentially, the exact thing that Google Analytics does on websites, we do in the real world for vending. Dang. Yes. And we invented a vending machine. I did because our technology is so unique and powerful that there was no device that we could deliver it in. So imagine having an iOS software platform, no iPhone, Mm, on a flip phone. Yeah. 
I needed to build my own device because nothing could power my software because I need two cameras. I need two computers. That's crazy. How much did it take to build this? We have raised about $5 million. And I would say just for the hardware side and the software alone, about $2 million. So you raised five. It took about two to get it going. To get it going. Gotcha, gotcha. And then obviously, so how do you approach these people? Like, I have an idea. I build this thing out. Where do you go? Who are you looking for? I mean, it depends on what the product is. It's no straight answer, but what you're looking for is your constituency. Like, who wants this? Who mm-hmm. understands this? Who has experience in this? How can you validate this? Who will be an early adopter? Who is this for? That's what you're looking for right yeah. away. Then that'll lead you down different paths based on those answers. Is it a service? Is it a product? Yeah. Is it tangible? Is it in the clouds? Is it software? Yeah. You know, how capital intensive is it? How big is my target market? How much of that market can I capture realistically? So there's so many things. And then, like, then you go out and make a business. Not just like, oh, it's a good idea. Let's have a business. No. But when you have the business, when you start raising money, did you go to the people or did you go to... People you knew had who had money. Oh, who do I go for investors? Yes. So again, same constituency. Who understands this? Yeah. Who who invests money? Who's high net worth individual? But again, I talked about a little bit earlier accredited. So who makes who over two hundred thousand a year, or or I'm thinking might have a million net worth. Mm-hmm. This is for this certain type of fundraise. So I went out looking for those people, um, friends who believes in me, mm-hmm. like. Do you believe I'm going to do what I say? And so after I've been an entrepreneur 10 years already, I did have a track record. And so people did invest in me based on that. But I went to my just first warm market, as we call it in marketing, yeah. same as here. Who who just rocks with me and will take, a, a, couple take hours a chance? To help me who, yeah, who rock, gotcha. who rock with me? Then after I get my warm market exhausted, then it's like, okay, I got to build a network because I, I need to get into these other rooms and these other tables to sit at. And that's where really just networking across peers, you know? Mm-hmm. So going to conferences and not trying to go to the speaker, going to the conference and talking to everybody in the seats. Mm-hmm. People that can make introductions for me, people that I can grow with. And that's actually how my network grew. It's like the people that I grew with 15 years ago, they're now at top of their game. But I wasn't trying to, I needed somebody parallel that can help me at that time. Are so you we got to do people, that. Like, I got money like, yo, Dave, I'm about to build this joint. There's how much money I need. Or do you have like this elaborate presentation? No, it depends on the person. So if we're that, if we're cool like that and we share investment opportunities and we talk about money, I'll be like, I'm raising money for Popcom. You know, you want to drop like five and 10. You Mm -hmm. got, you know, you know, our valuations increased 4X in the past two years. I mean, Mm. you know, or like all my husband's raising money, talk to that. You know, we just chat among friends. But then... When it's like in a professional setting, I'll go sign up to pitch competitions. I'm not anymore, but I did win like 250000 in pitch competitions in my early days. Really? And that's free money. So get on stage and how many, win. How many presentations have you done, you think? I don't know. A more lot. than I ever could count. <laughs> I do it every day. I'm doing it now. I mean, it's like my I become a walking pres- presenter for for all that I'm doing most of the time. You know, it's, it's relative because I could do a formal presentation for an investor and they say no I could talk to you right now somebody hear this and be like I want to put 50 in because I like her mm. I mean it's Honestly, all the time I want to put some money in just because I trust you yes like I'm trustworthy you. my track record is <laughs> my track record nice I will say I, I will brag on myself my track record is nice I've never had a business fail yet I mean not, not going to fail because yeah. I don't quit number one I don't quit 
So we got Popcorn, we got uh, Flat Out Hills, we have the other D1 company. D1 Consulting. D1 Consulting. What was the fifth? It was a restaurant. So the restaurant I got out of, but it's Lifestyle Cafe, started a vegan restaurant with some partners. I exited that, got, got, bought, bought out. You know, it was, How long did you own the restaurant? About a year. You started a restaurant. From the beginning. A year later, you sold it. To the chef so that she could own her business. I helped her launch it, get it off the ground. Now was she, it your idea or her idea? It was, her, it was my idea to be a restaurant, but it was her food. Like, make this into a restaurant. I'll help you grow this and build this into a business, into a restaurant, but your food's amazing. And so I put the money in and the team and helped it grow. And then it was time for her to take. That's her dream. It's not my dream. I'm an investor. You know? Okay, hold on. Let me ask you. Did you have the idea, y'all want to do a restaurant, do this, and then you find her to put her in this Her vision? food was good. And I said, or there needs to be a restaurant with this food. Oh, so you had her food yes. and said, yo, there needs to be a restaurant. Yes. And there's an empty vegan restaurant that just closed down and it's turnkey that's for sale. And we can buy that and just flip it right into another vegan restaurant. Buy the building or buy the business? Buy the business. The business, the storefront, everything inside of it and just turn it into something else. Did y'all buy the building? No, we did not buy the building. Gotcha, okay. The owner would not sell it. We bought the lease of the gotcha. other restaurant. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And it's flourishing. It's doing very good. I exited and it's still doing very good. When you exited, did you keep a little something... Or, no. or just a little, just a cash out. It's a cash out because sometimes you want to cash out, sometimes yeah. you want to hold, and that's also to know when to do. When's the right time to cash out? When's the right time to hold? That's. And you're always open to buying businesses. Yeah. Give me an example of a business, and maybe you don't have to say the person, but one it didn't work out. Like it was a waste of money. They got an attitude. They left. Something like that. I never had that happen before, but I did buy a business. Acquire actually a full acquisition. It was in Forbes and everything. And I've never talked about this publicly. That. It did not go well. We're, you know, I bought the business. It seemed well, but then all these back things and some paperwork and some people came out the woodworks and now we're in court, you know. Right now. Now. I should win. I feel like I'm going to win because I paid a lot of money um, in the hundreds of thousands. Mm. And it's, I don't have the business. I don't have it. I don't have it. Yeah. It's, so you it's bought software. it from somebody you thought I, I bought it. it. They, it, I bought the company and essentially the company had outstanding liabilities where their outstanding liability, they kind of, and it's, what's a basic word? I had to lean on it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you yeah. can't you can't sell this to them. You owe us money. And it was like, okay. So it that didn't go well. I mean, I I project that it's going to go well. It's going to turn out right. At the end of the but day, it you're... definitely, it did not go well. And mm. all of my plans were at a complete halt. So it's been a whole year that I bought a business and spent hundreds of thousands on it. And redid the whole software, built this new business, and now I can't have it right now. Mm. So, again, paperwork and legal things, things happen. We made a whole announcement. It was in Forbes. Like, it was a big deal. Really? I acquired a Who business. Who was it? Can you tell me since Yes, yes, it's public. It's a company called Wiser that Wiser. I acquired. What did they do? They're a, a smart data gaming survey company. So, it's like Survey Monkey, but better, way better. The mm. best I've ever seen. And we acquired it, and... Um, yeah, it was a whole deal. It's like an equity deal. You can package deals. So it was equity deals, undisclosed, but it was very good deal. Mm-hmm. And we're still working on this. And mm-hmm. I'm even talking about it now because I really, in my heart, am leaning towards probably exposing the investor who's doing this because there it's an investor that claims that they invest to help black and female and minority businesses to thrive, but they actually mm-hmm. came after a black and a minority woman over very little bit of money, I'm telling you. They came to you. They came to me, yeah, trying it. to threaten Popcom, which I always have to be 
do what's best for popcorn because I have many stakeholders. So I have to always look what's in the best interest of my stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So I had to back away and be like, all right. And so I had to essentially rescind the sale, but I didn't get no money back, none of my stuff back. <sighs> so I'm like, all right, it's like you buying a house. Say, it didn't work out, but you keep the money. Right. No. That hurt. That hurt. <laughs> I never talked about that before. Goodness gracious. But I do want to, I do want to definitely expose them um, mm. when the time is right because it's wrong. And investors do mess up things to founders all the time. Mm. They don't talk about it. A lot of the mm. founders you see like out here, we it looks like everything's all good, but people do very, very extremely shady things behind the scenes. Give me a business that you're really proud of though. That you invested I'm, in. I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of all of them. But that I, of my, of, of mine. One that you invested in. Of my portfolio. So yeah. not none of mine that I portfolio. started. Portfolio. My portfolio. I'm the most proud right now of my, of my husband's company, actually. It's, it's called Scissors. And it's uh, mobility and, and logistics as a service. So they initially started Hold out. No, no, no. You got to slow down. Sorry. Mobility. Mobility and logistics. And logistics yeah. as a service. Yeah. So they started out providing on-demand haircuts for like, you know, people want to get a haircut, come into your office. Mm-hmm. Get a haircut. You don't want to leave here. They come to you. Yeah. That was what it started. But then the pandemic hit. And they're like, oh, God, this is our whole business is in person. There's nobody's yeah. coming to cut anybody's hair. You got COVID. Like, right. how can we be safe? <laughs> and so I invested in this business. because I'm an investor and I really believe in being able to offer services on demand to people. It's not just for rich people. Your mm. barber can come so you can get your hair done at home. I've always got my hair done at home. Mm. But then he pivoted to autonomous vehicles. And that's when I'm like, this is the future because we all know that all the companies like Uber and Amazon, they're already pivoting to autonomous driverless vehicles. We know mm. it. So to be able to have an autonomous vehicle pull up and cut your hair, give you a service, makeup, hair. Hold and on, hold on, hold on. This isn't like a robot cutting your hair. It's a vehicle that pulls up with a person in it. Okay, gotcha, To gotcha. give you a service. But no driver, autonomous. So the, the barbers have to of. sit in the joint and whatever. They get booked. So they just get rolled around and just cutting hair and just... Person, house to house, business to business, hotel That's to hotel, lit. club, nightclub to nightclub. So of, of all the things that I invested in during the pandemic, scissors with their amazing pivots autonomous, which is definitely the future. And then Unoma House, we talked about before we started, my the vans, those are the ones that I just am so proud of. Tell me about the vans. Tell me about the vans. I'm excited about yes, that. Yes, the vans is um essentially converting uh container homes and sprinter vans into tiny homes. Sprinter vans, sprinter vans homes, into tiny homes. Into tiny homes, okay. And then you can build, you know, more elaborate sprinter van. I mean, excuse me, um, containers into homes. But it starts out as the sprinter vans, which I bought a sprinter, got it converted. Unoma House did all the conversion. The founder currently lives in a box truck that he turned it into a home. He lives in it full time, and it's a whole home. He was on the Today Show recently for this. He's the only, the first and only black conversion company in the country. And it's like a glamping experience. So imagine you going out with your family. You want to go camping. You want to go out in RV, but you want a bathroom in your... Mm-hmm. So it has a bathroom, yeah. a shower, a kitchen, a bed, Wi-Fi, a workspace. And you can just travel. So my husband and I are going out for four weeks in the van and going all over the Pacific and mountain and in oh, this. In really? Unoma House, we're going to rent it out. And we're going to build many of these and rent them. You can also buy one. And it's a, it's a, new, it's a new income Thing. Who drives it? Are you going to drive it or are you going to have a driver? Yes, yeah, a sprinter. I'll drive it. We're going to be in it. Yeah, we'll drive it. And one day you're going to make it autonomous because I'm thinking how you can, you know what I'm saying? Like you could uh, like have the 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 driver, the house driving itself. And you that just... is the future. I think, look, <laughs> my husband's in a scissors can do this. <laughs> but 
Oh my god! Oh my god! He won't jump in. Okay, but yes, you know, eventually. Let him jump in. Get him on the mic, please. I'd love to hear if you don't want. Oh god, babe, you want to jump, jump in? Please, he please, said, just, "Let him jump just in." Just right there, please. You just, already jumped in. This yeah. will happen. When you're married to an entrepreneur, life is like this. If you never know it. what you're gonna get. Joe, we got to do a whole thing with the camera. My again, husband okay. Frederick Apagade, the CEO and co-founder of Scissors. Yes, my friends. What's going the man on, man? That was in my DM and made me fell in love in the DM. In the DM. Mm-hmm. Fell in love with it. Okay, so, so tell me. <laughs> we got to use that mic, though. Okay, yeah, yeah, tell us, babe. Oh, oh. Well, what are you guys going to tell us? So, so your vision for scissors, because you, oh, yeah. you had this idea for it. Yeah, so I'll actually tell you the inspiration behind it. So there's a tattoo right here. My mm-hmm. cousin passed away, Jesse uh, Tabansi. He passed away in a car accident. Um, and he used to, he, you know, long story short, he used to live in New York, moved back to Lagos, Nigeria, to help run his father's luxury hotels. So he used to work late. So... Got in a car accident and uh, took four hours for the police and EMT to get to him. Dang. So basically, I kind of have this feeling, which I mean, I've done therapy for it. That if they got to him faster, he would probably live. Yeah, or have sure. a chance of living. So the inspiration at that time, I was I already started working on scissors on the software, the mobile app for people to book service providers. So, when so what, the, what's your background? Uh, technology, software engineering. Those um, all little techies. So that's yeah. your love language. Yeah, yeah. Really architecture. Yeah, I love language. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, started coding at 16. Um, wow. And I played a little basketball. Actually, my career, I wanted to be a basketball player. In NBA. <laughs> that's why I came to America. So, wow. that, you know, my it's father didn't work out. From Nigeria. Anyways, long story short, that was an inspiration was to pretty much use, connect software to um, an autonomous vehicle. Now, this was two years ago, so this was way before the pandemic. And I love cars and technology. And, I mean, our car drives itself. And that's that's just, I'm fascinated with cars. Always been like that. So, when the accident happened to my cousin, I was furious, pissed off. I was like, I got to do something to make sure this does not happen to anybody else. I'm a technologist. I can invent something. I always, like, create, come up with things before they're hot. Like, I was 13, sketched the iPhone. Not the iPhone, but a smartphone mm. and a smartwatch. Really? I didn't know how to patent yeah, and guy. how to bring it to life. So, but when this happened, I already knew how to make these things come to life. Mm. I had the skill set and all that. So, it started with the medical side, but I was building a personal care, automated personal care company. So, I was, I wanted to implement that, but the market wasn't ready for it. Yeah, so, when the pandemic hit, it. And everything shut down. A lot of barbers started converting sprinters into mobile shops. Right, right. And we got a couple partnerships with some of those guys in LA and Houston. Um, we wanted to scale that to a thousand, but being that one, I'm a I'm a child of the universe, always um, contributing to making the environment clean and sustainable. Mm-hmm. I was like, scaling a thousand sprinters is not a good idea because that, that would contribute to polluting the environment. Mm-hmm. So um, I figured, okay, we can make it electric. Mercedes doesn't have the electric sprinters out yet, and they cost, you know, quite— a, No, it's not a lot, but it's just they're not out yet. Right, right. Um, and the other challenge is if you have 1,000 vehicles, you need at least 3,000 drivers. And recently, people are not even taking jobs anymore. You know, there's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's a ah, job shortage, so it would be a, it would be a nightmare to get 3,000 drivers, right, especially right, truckers right. are quitting and, you know— because again, there's employment checks and whatever, and trading stocks on stock Robinhood and stuff. Yeah, right. rich so, now. Everybody's rich now, so no one— so, <laughs> The, the, the whole thing was to pretty much eliminate that 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 friction and, okay, is the driver available? Is there someone available? How does the vehicle come to the, the office, the, right. to your preferred location? Because that's what it's about convenience. We're literally, with our name, Scissors, the ethos is, you know, with the object scissors, like 
reducing the size of an object. So scissors means reduce, our ethos is centered in reducing how long it takes you to receive a service, to receive a product. So in the future, not in the future, in the very near future, within a year or two, with the same autonomous pods where you receive the vehicle, um, receive the services in, mm-hmm. um, you will also be able to receive, uh, order a, a, a product like, you know, whether it's for your hair Delivery. or God. in the future when now. cannabis is legalized, right. if you need it, you know, this is Deliver part of the anything. vision. If you need is it, there, it, it like delivered a, to you, that's so. Seems and like, I, we do, I, I and my wife have discussed partnership, nothing, you know, with our companies, you know, but right. that's nothing that's, you know, finalized. And, you know, the possibility of that kind of play where you can, yeah. So, yeah, but it seems like, like there would have to be a strict, um, what kind Regula- of licenses? Regulations. So yeah, yeah, yeah we have a, we already have a manufacturing partner. I just had a meeting actually in Orlando, um, in Florida, right? So we, one of our manufacturing partners, and they have a very great relationship with the government. When you know, NHTSA, you know, we have the ability to literally change signs, speed limits, put our signs at you know scissors pods going through here. Our pilot is going to be in Miami. Our first pilot is going to be in Miami. So really? we already have all they those things. Like literally, all we're all that's left right now is finalizing that. The capital part They're to fund for it. City Street. We already have everything. Like the, I got the, something more. So I'm the, our manufacturing partner. So this is what you're missing out on. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Man, See, this is the conversation yeah. I'm not around. Have, and there's so many, yeah. you know, there's yeah. so it's, many it's black great. people yeah. building this God, type of really. high level technology. Yeah. I mean, what my husband's doing with autonomous autonomous pods. A black woman started a company with autonomous pods and sold it to Amazon for how much? One point two billion. Y'all didn't hear about and this. And a just, black what? woman. And theirs is smaller than billion. ours. Like the size. It's, you can and only yes. sit in it. So it's only you don't for hear about driving. This. So it's this is what you're missing out. Somebody invested in her. Yeah, she so. exited for a B. Yeah. And she was oh my African. gosh. Aisha. Yeah. Yeah, so CEO. Goodness that's, 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 that's our, our nerdy tech. Can I just level. go on the road with y'all for yes. a little bit? Just give me like a couple days. I want to document it and just learn. Come. Oh my God. I want to come to our house. Come to our house. Come to our house. And we have our friends come over and we and we do this. We're we're big, we're big nerds, but um that's what we do. And we invest in each other and our friends' businesses. That's how I ended up with so many investments. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, why would I not invest in my husband? This is amazing. First of all, I know I'm going to get paid from being his wife, but right. I want that bag <laughs> too on my own when, when, you know, when somebody comes and swoops this up because it's 100%. never been done. And there's soap, there's other business. You're in, you're in Atlanta. Do you know this? The black tech mecca? There's so many companies. I am so blind. Yeah. I need to find more tech communities. Yes. I, w- I would like to help you do that because... You know, a lot of cash is circulating in you and your network. And that needs to be moving to some of these tech companies, too. They need your platform, your influence, your understanding, your network. They have amazing technology with no person in the forefront. Most of them are literally just heads down building. And a lot of them are engineers. And so Mm. they're not charismatic. They're not, they don't have followers. So they're not getting their ideas out there. So I started my blog. So actually, I'll send you my link. I have a blog that I started. Every month, I'm highlighting companies, top top angel investments to watch. I put 10 out just this week. I put some out early out this year. And also my husband's company was featured in there. But I posted on my blog, angel investments that I that I think are really good that people should look at. Yo, so I want to have like a, I don't know. I feel like I need to just like Zoom every like month or something on the podcast. And we just have like this tech talk like once a month or something. We're down. Like me, 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 and, me and him are down to do that. I want to be in this world. I want to be in this tech world. I want to bring your your people in this world. It's important. Mm. I learn a lot from, from, your, from your show and from the people you bring on. I do learn a lot about another side really? of business. I do. Because uh, I'm heads out in my world. I'm mm. in technology and I'm in deep 
or spaces. And I sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, wait, there's a tax tip for me. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, there's a real estate tip. You know, this is, but we also need to, you know, make sure that our people are getting in on these long games where these, these black bil- millionaires and billionaires are being made with exes. We see it happening with the Jay-Zs and the mm-hmm. Nas. We see this happening. Yeah. Already they're exiting these tech companies. But what about like all of us? We can all get in on this. Do you only invest in tech companies or do you no, invest in- No, I diversify. In- Everything is tech, tech enabled. Yeah, everything's tech enabled. Everything. Right. So I bring tech to it. So with mm-hmm. Unoma House, he's building van conversions and he's building containers. Okay, let's get an app. Let's build a community where they can pull up. Let's buy some real estate where they can pull up. They rent our van. They can park it at our parks using the app. Showers, kitchen. Like build a community with the app, with real estate and with vehicles. There's the tech. You know what I mean? Not just Let's not just build apps. I mean, let's not just build vans. Let's everybody with a van. Now you got somewhere to park it. You have, you can reserve your space. <sighs> you you can I'm reserve so a van. So everything, even with your, your studio, you want to book the studio, you have your own app. Like everything, we bring tech to everything. And it, and it really is a place for it. Yes. yes. I'm excited. I'm, I'm good. I'm about to get in this I want to see world. this app for your studio too. And my husband has a software development company, which he didn't mention. Does he really? Yeah. Between us, we have Does like software? seven businesses. He has a whole... Software development company builds apps and software platforms. This is before he started Scissors. He built his own. He built his own business, his own software until he hired people. So mm, yes, you gotta mm, have mm. it in house. You know, we got all of the tools in house. That's what I'm talking about. Yo, oh, thank you. So, oh, oh, I'm sorry. So before, I gotta hear about the restaurant. Oh, so it's a restaurant. You said nobody could walk in though. Now, or, so yes, yeah, the restaurant's still open. I don't know. I no longer own it, but I'm a supporter. I want people to go try mm-hmm. it. It's amazing vegan foods called Lifestyle Cafe. Well, what was the tech part you brought to it? So kiosk only. No, no humans. This is before the pandemic. Only you walk in, you place your order on a kiosk, and you pick it up. So no cashiers, cashless, mm. only kiosk ordering. So that's the future of restaurants, quick service restaurants. Did you give her the IP of that? Well, it's not even. I didn't invent it. It's a company called Toast. And everybody can do it. It's public. I mean, hmm. I would love to invest in toast. I hope they go they go public. I, I I like toast, but they a lot of restaurants use toast, and they have a you know just a kiosk ordering system. And there's multiple ones like that, but just remove the person. So everybody that's currently having HR challenges needs to automate. And every, the people will be like, oh, people are losing jobs. There used to be a milkman that delivered milk to our houses. <laughs> right. Jobs got to go. Yeah, my man definitely lost his job. Some jobs got to go. Right. Okay? Goodness Maybe gracious. the servers are people that take orders in restaurants since they're, you know, crypto and stock millionaires. They don't want to work in the restaurants. Let's just have kiosks in restaurants. Mm. All of that. What a pleasure this conversation was. Y'all got any questions? Like, we'll take like two questions. Y'all got any questions? Any questions? Any questions? This is long. Is all of them this long? Y'all chop it up. Oh, no. This was short. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's hour 16? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going I felt full like it was here hour for like 90. two hours. I thought. Okay. Um, all right, cool. So I got to do a... Um, I have to do a quick commercial, and then uh, I need you to close this out with something strong, powerful, okay? Meaningful. This, you're going to talk to the people, okay? So let me do a quick commercial. It's for the morning meetup, themorningmeetup.com. Themorningmeetup.com is the only organization that gathers for the betterment of entrepreneurship, okay? Three... Did you know, Dawn, we have probably... On average, right now, it's between 320 and 360 entrepreneurs that join our call every single morning. They're ready. And we have a book club. So we always pick a book, and then we read a chapter every single day. And we read the chapter. Like, tonight, we'll read a chapter. And then tomorrow, for 30 minutes, we'll all discuss it. I like it's that. amazing. 
Is it not amazing? I you love guys? That. Is that amazing? That's so, amazing. Yeah, every single morning, um, the morning meetup, I, I give people an opportunity to join for a dollar trial. And after that, it's only $79 a month if you want to stay. If not, you can just leave. And I definitely need you on because th- like there's so many brilliant minds there. Yeah. And I need somebody like you to help people see past what they can see. I would love to. I think it's very dope. It's yeah. so important for us. And thank you for doing what you're doing because you don't have to do that. You don't have to talk to people every morning. Yeah. We need to do this for our people to really rise. Like yeah. this is a long game. This is a... 100-year game we playing. Yeah, I'm really just big on community. That's why I'm like, I need to find the, there's a tech community somewhere. And if I can just get in the community, yeah, I'll be fine. There's certain buzzwords and I'll learn vocabulary words and I'll just be around. Like this conversation just opened my mind to a million different things. So yes, go to themorningmeetup.com and you'll see Dawn in there, okay, one of these days. I'm gonna pull so, up. <laughs> absolutely. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for not only, not this interview, not just educating me, but um, just being a pillar of hope. You know what I mean? Like there are some, there are some women who before this, they didn't see the possibility. It's not often that you see people speak with so much confidence and belief and dream so big and say, I'm just going to go get it. And I'm seeing further than everybody else. Yeah. I'm a Capricorn. I'm a goat. I'm on the mountain. I'm looking over everything and assessing the situation. That's a fact. I believe this. Thank you. So how how can people uh, connect with you? How can they invest? with you and then close us out yes so connect with me Dawn Dixon on everything Dawn Dixon Apagane I'm very active on LinkedIn if you want to talk business don't talk business in my Instagram DM (laughs) hit me on LinkedIn to talk business definitely on on Instagram as well and all these platforms my Medium blog is a real really great resource for entrepreneurs and especially if you want to learn about crowdfunding we didn't talk about it today which I'm happy we did not because that's what everybody always wants to talk about with Mm. me but I did, you know, raise now $4 million on crowdfunding. And I have laid that out. Well, we have Patreon. And after this, like, we got to do, like, another few-minute talk. Yeah. And we'll talk about that there. I've laid the it all out. So, my blog. But then, both of my companies are raising money. Two of them. Flat Out of Hills is raising money on Start Engine. StartEngine.com forward slash Flat Out. And that's really to grow the Flat Out of Hills e-commerce business and have more locations for the vending machines for Flat Out. And then Popcom. StartEngine.com forward slash Popcom. That's a technology company. What is Start Engine? Start Engine is a platform where you can raise money through equity crowdfunding. So okay. there's a lot of companies on Start Engine, also Republic, WeFunder, also Seed Invest. So if you're interested in just looking at the landscape of what companies are raising money, mm. you can go on these platforms for crowdfunding. It's very easy. It's like shopping on Amazon, but you're buying shares in a company. Mm. And there's many companies, not just tech, all kinds of things. I've seen like I was invested in. Um, some they were building some new condos in Tulum, mm. and I invested in that couple thousand dollars. What what cares? Really? Hey, get a mm. couple free nights. At least that pay for my nights, and I own some. <laughs> right, right. Might get some dividend checks. You for know, sure. just always finding cool things. So definitely, they can invest in my businesses there. Gotcha. And there's there's a traditional entrepreneur out there that um they 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 see in you something that they like to see in themselves, like that belief system. So what would you say to close this out um, to that person with an idea? What I always say is like, trust yourself. You know more than you think you do. We have this voice in us that when we listen to it, it leads us to all the right things for us. But doubt, fear, someone else's doubts, people projecting, not having confidence. We will not listen to that voice. If something is telling you deeply to do something, go with this business, make this decision, 
Go with it. Trust yourself. Do not second guess yourself. That's what's led me to all of my ideas. And I've essentially kept solving my own problems. So if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I have this idea. I want to do this or I want to go this route. But people tell me I shouldn't, but I feel that it's right. That is the best advice I could ever give is to trust yourself because everybody's going to tell you how to do your business and how you should run your, your, your operation and what you should do or give you an idea, but only you know. And then if, if someone else is doing it, it's so important to know that it doesn't matter if somebody competes with you. It doesn't matter if someone tries to steal your idea. They cannot because what was downloaded and given to you is uniquely yours and you're going to do it the way you do it. That's why so many people can sell hair products and Coca-Cola and sodas and tissues and chairs and microphones because everybody has a place. There's enough money for us all to eat. There's no scarcity. There's only abundance. There is literally enough for us all. So just go for it and trust yourself. There it is. You can't close it out no better than that, man. Do me a favor. Go get you some social proof, meaning go build something. But I want you to remember how you built it, document the journey so that you come back to your community and teach them how you did it. All right, we are out of here. Make sure you follow Dawn. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com the tool that makes wordpress wonderful for everyone Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.